0: Hey, welcome back to Escape Leaving Hell Behind. In this podcast, we talk with people who have left an overbearing religion or cult behind. We are back again today, and I'm here with my guest. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, guys, I'm Lulu. It's great to have you here today. And now, why don't you tell us a little bit about what religion or cult
1: you left and a little bit of your story? So, I left the LDS church. My story is a little different from a lot of the ones I've heard on your shows. I wasn't raised in the church, I actually was baptized around the age of 21. And I was in and out of the church throughout the years because I've come across multiple issues with some of their doctrine or with the individuals in the church. And I left for good probably around April, late April. Funny enough, I moved down to Orem to be closer to Provo and closer to more LDS people. And it was the people I met here that really pushed me out of the church.
0: Sadly, that sounds about right. So what
1: is it that ultimately broke your shelf? There were a lot of things and I wrote down some of them. I don't think, I don't think it was anything that broke it. It was just a multitude of things. In my time in the church, I met so many members who despite doing everything really just didn't seem happy. They seemed to be barely surviving. I had a friend whose mother confided in me once that she felt like a failure of a mother because her son had never felt the spirit and, Things like that are just really hard to see. She had raised a wonderful person, which she felt like a failure due to this one thing that the church really put in her head. Between that and then research that I've done or other people around me that I've done about the history of the church and just really the completely dark history, there's not a lot of good in it, in my opinion, really pushed me away. I, I think part of it was not growing up in the culture, A lot of things really just rubbed me the wrong way right right off the bat. I didn't like the idea of being pushed into marriage. I knew a member who was LGBT or who came out to their parents as gay and confided in me that they were trans and they could never come out to their parents because their parents barely accepted them being gay. And watching the impact that that had on that person and anyone else that I've come across. Yeah, it's just a lot of little things. I had a bishop once pull me into his office and reassure me, I think I was 22 or 23 at the time, which growing up outside of the church, you're still a child, your life is barely beginning. And he pulled me into his office to reassure me that it's okay that I haven't found a husband yet. There could be one waiting for me in the celestial kingdom, which completely went over my head as well. Because at that time I had no knowledge of much of the afterlife in the Mormon church. So it was just an odd encounter. I was like, oh, thanks, man. Just, yeah. So just a bunch of little things. Really, I went with Valerie, who's one of the people who helped start Chalk Provo to one of the first chalking events down there. And seeing the effect it had on people hit us both. And that's when we started chalking really hard with Chalk Provo and making plans to chalk and but that interaction and seeing the little, the tiniest thing that we did make such a difference in a group of people's lives who were currently being actively isolated by the church, I think is what absolutely made me positive. I will never go back.
0: And now do you identify with the LGBTQ plus?
1: I do. I'm still working on what I identify as, but I do identify with the group. I, I, currently identify as um, non-binary. And I don't know, that's really hard. So I didn't grow up in the church, but I did grow up in a very homophobic area and household. So I have a lot of empathy for individuals who are trying to grow up and discover themselves. And they have a voice, whether it's their parents or it's their church, not helping them discover themselves, but rather telling them who they should be.
0: So, would you say the Mormon Church's treatment of LGBTQ plus community ultimately broke your shelf as well?
1: Yeah, I think so. That was a big thing for me. So now, a lot of people that I've talked to
0: so far, they have grown up in the church. So, what is it like hearing the stories as someone who didn't have to experience purity culture lessons from church leaders? And how is it hearing about all those crazy stories for you, where you? Joined when you were an adult?
1: It was honestly very relatable to my upbringing, just with some different nuances and then some very, very large differences, because there are some very distinct expectations in the Mormon church. But for the most part, it's really sad. A lot of my friends are beginning to make their way out of the church or question the church, or they have questioned the church, and. The, I think the purity culture, or, is the most relatable for me because I grew up in a very small town, and I also developed at a very young age, and so I was sexualized at a very young age, which was held against me. And so, although I didn't have that voice of "Oh, you're covering up," you know, for the spirit, for God, it was you just need to cover up. Like, how dare you be present? Which was really traumatizing. So, when I hear my friends talking about things that they're just now realizing was very toxic purity culture in their lives. It makes me really sad for them because I understand that that was just one small part of my life. And that was a huge part of theirs. The idea of family was actually one of the things that really drew me into the church. And I used to hold a lot of not jealousy, but misunderstanding on how much of a blessing that was in the church. And so now it's just, I'm estranged from all of my family, all of my biological family. And so it's odd to me that they still have that pressure. I know a lot of my friends almost transform into a different person on Sundays. And it's really difficult to watch. its I know it's difficult for them to go through, but that's definitely one of the things that I do have a hard time and I relating to with them. And I'm trying to get better about it. It's very interesting to try to either in a way that isn't just my particular anger towards the church or the people in the church, but in a way that's supportive to them showing that I understand that this is, these are hard things that they're making decisions on. So now is another question from,
0: cause I grew up in it and you didn't. So how was it for you when you joined reading the family proclamation?
1: So, it was really, my investigation of the church was very short. I was pressured to get baptized within, I think, three meetings with the missionaries. So I don't think I truly read the family proclamation to myself by myself and truly like dove into it until a year after I had been baptized. It was more the missionary sisters that I met with running through these lessons so fast, going through these things so fast and being like, here's like, oh, three months worth of homework in in a week. And I don't hold any resentment. I actually still, I am in contact with one of the sisters. I did ask the other sister because she is an active member that's a tithing member. And I've just decided to cut ties with members as I can because of how hard it's been. But I'm still in contact or at least good terms with both of them. The one that I'm not speaking to, she was very gracious about it. She understood.
0: That's good. And yeah, you bring up a good point that a lot of them for whatever reason, yeah, they will pressure people to join as fast as possible. And it's just really unfortunate because that's how they, yeah, they don't want people to doubt their doubts and all those lines and So, yeah, they really push for people to join fast. And then a lot of people, yeah, do end up regretting it, unfortunately. Now, you have been one of the people who's like really been involved with chalk Provo. How has that been healing for you?
1: I have been, yes. It's honestly been such a wonderful experience for me. I think we'll have people pass us because we've been, we're chalking all of the areas that are off BYU. I don't want to say all of them, the majority of areas off BYU campus. That's where we've been shocking. We've been partnering with businesses that'll let us do it. And we have so many different people and different types of people walking by us and just expressing sometimes very emotionally and for 30 minutes, how much what we're doing means. And sometimes people just pass by and they're just like, what you're doing is great. And seeing that or having a conversation with a student and them finding out that I am Don't mind the Gap or I'm with Chalk Provo and just telling me like, hey, like your message is brightened my day. We've had a lot of students who identify in the alphabet mafia come up to us, but we've also just had students who are like, Hey, I know this isn't for me, but I needed that message. And I think Knowing that because I lack a lot of knowledge in the church or a lot of experiences in the church, I can't support LGBTQ questioning members in the ways that they might need always. But it's so nice to know that in this way, they are knowing that they're loved and they're not alone. And that's the biggest impact it's had.
0: And you may not feel like that's a lot, but that is so meaningful. So yeah, don't downplay that. That is so meaningful. So a lot of people who our members they've either been raised in it or they have been baptized as a child. What I'm sure people are kind of interested like what kind of drew you into it in the first place, especially now that you've left, what kind of drew you into it? And do you regret your baptism?
1: I don't regret my baptism only because I've I have no testimony of the church and I say it that very clearly i have members who want to ask me my opinion all the time and some of them are like oh i'll say something like i don't disagree with necessarily everything they're teaching but there's just some that i'm not okay with and it's an all or nothing thing when it comes to religion for me and they'll say oh so you still have a testimony with me. i do not i do i think that joseph smith plagiarized the book of mormon i don't have one. But what drew me in was definitely the family aspect of it. The The church came off as very caring about people as we do volunteer work, we do this, we do that. We teach our people how important it is to love. And I was very interested in that as growing up in an abusive household with one parent and then another parent that left at a very young age for me. The idea that families, oh, it's just so important. Like your family will never know if love you like your family. You'll be with your family forever. And that was a big one for me. As I was like, I have the potential of always having a family. And I think that the bishop in my ward played on that very heavily before I got baptized because that was so important to me. And then I started to realize family's not important. The idea of, having a structured set of rules and this person's in charge. It's almost, it's funny. I think it's the fundamentalist Christian faith has the umbrella thing. It's the Mormon Church does too. They just don't advertise it. And so when I started seeing that, when I started realizing how much money the church has and they have in stocks and they're making a profit off of and understanding that, I wouldn't be temple worthy if I took the 10% and gave it to someone who actually needed it actively where I can see it's helping. I just had to trust to give it to the church. That's just furnishing the apostles living rooms with, you know, they have members struggling to pay rent and they're telling them to pay their tithing. And yet I've never met a bishop or a leader in a stake that hasn't been one of the most wealthy individuals in that stake. It's just, it's the, it's the hypocrisy for me.
0: (laughs) This is so true. Now, how long ago was it that you got baptized?
1: So it was December of 2016. So almost six years, almost five years.
0: So before you got baptized, had you ever heard of a CES letter or not?
1: I hadn't, I hadn't, but funny enough, all been my biological father, who's, who I grew up around the majority of, he was very anti-Mormon. I can't remember the VHS tape that was out about the Mormon temple where it's like exposing Mormon ordinances. I don't know, it came out in the 80s. We had that and I had watched it probably by the age of eight. I had the typical uninformed hatred of the Mormon church. But I didn't know about the CES letters or any of that yet.
0: So yeah, I just, it's interesting. Again, yeah, it's interesting to hear your point of view as someone who got baptized technically after the CES letter was a thing, but it still wasn't really well known when you got baptized. So yeah, was it just, just interesting to hear your point of view. And now, what are three tips you have for people who are looking to leave the Mormon church?
1: I think a big one is give yourself the space that you need to go through things and process things. I know when leaving or when coming back, you just have you're a barrage of different voices, most of them good meaning, telling you, this is what I thought, this is what I got from this, or you lo- you should go look into this. or it's It can be overwhelming. Your whole life you've been told one thing. It's going to be unlocked to a re- It's going to be a lot to unravel. So make sure that whatever way you need to, for me, it's journaling. If you need to, I don't know, I can't even think of another one because mine's journaling, but you have to give yourself your own time. You can't listen to everyone else's voices because all that's going to happen is you're going to be able to repeat a lot of what other people think about the church, but you'll never be able to process how you truly feel that way. Another one is just reach out. I didn't realize how many organizations there are, even in Provo of all places, to support the LGBTQ community, to support the ex Mormon community. You're going to be able to find someone who can help you unravel a lot of things, unpack a lot of things. There are different types of people. We're here. We're so happy to help. Especially, I mean, you can reach out to me at Don't Mind the Gap or at Chalk Provo and just ask for Lulu. If you see, like, I'm the one with the giant white dog. If you see me walking on the street, like, we're both friendly. But, yeah, like, we're here. People are here for you. You're not alone in this. And a lot of people in the church are going to tell you that you are, and you're really not. And I think the third one would just be try to find your own examples of people who have left the church because they might not be millionaires. They might, you know, not have become their ideal body shape, but, or hiked Mount Olympus or something. But you'll notice that they just have, they do truly have more of the beauty because they are happier. It's so funny. People talk about the glow of the Holy spirit, but the beauty of the relief of someone who isn't always worried about the judgment of everyone around them. And then on top of it, God for every little thing they do is pretty pretty noticeable.
0: Well, thank you for coming on. So many people like they join when they are adults and then they regret it. So it's great to have you come on and share that just because you were an adult and chose to doesn't mean that you don't have a valid reason for leaving. So I love that you were able to come on and provide your perspective. It's so important for people to hear because As I've told other guests, anyone's reason for leaving is valid. Like they're all equally valid. So I love that you have been able to come on and share your perspective. Thank you for that. Thank you so much for
1: having me, Annie.
0: Well, it was great having you and have a great day. Thanks, you too. Thanks again for joining us today. As always, I want to give special thanks to our sponsor and friend, Corporate Design Solutions, who has generously made it possible for this podcast to be a reality. If anyone is looking for help protecting their digital info, please email Michael at helpdesk at corpdesignsolutions.com.